and a good Theological Thursday to everybody. Thank you for joining us for our third episode of the podcast. My name is James Crockett. He is Dre Clark. It is good to have you back again with us today. Um, Again, if you are a first-time listener, uh, you can go and listen to earlier episodes of the podcast. We are on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, so multiple ways to listen to us. So, encourage you to go listen to our first couple episodes, uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy what you hear, uh, leave us a review. You can also follow us on Facebook at Good Theological Thursday. Uh, you can get in touch with us there, or you can get in touch with us through email uh, by sending us an email at Good Theological Thursday at gmail.com. Uh, But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our conversation. Dre, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, James. Thanks for asking. So uh, I've been been pulling all-nighters the last two nights. Well, not all-nighters, but I've been up till 4, 1 night, and 3, 1 night. My wife's in Dallas for a conference, and so I've been... uh, No one's there to tell me to stop reading and doing homework and go to bed, so I've just been uh, been plowing away through papers and homework the last two days. Well, and... Exciting. Well, and yeah, that alone time can be very valuable of distraction-free, just just working. Um, and so, yes, uh, yes, it's it's very inhuman. Yeah, though. yes. Um, I remember some of those days, even though I'm still in them. Um, I actually have now. A colleague of mine is sending me uh, his dissertation that I am supposed to sit down and proofread. So. Uh, I'm going to be reading through that pretty soon. That'll probably take me some time. Uh, yeah, so, um, but yeah, those, those are always fun times. So, what are you? Uh, what are you working on? Yeah. Right so now? right now, I am. Uh, I'm doing a class in uh, sexual ethics, which has been very fascinating. It's been a really. Uh, it's been a great class. I really think that anybody going into ministry should really start. Considering some of these things, I think uh, I think the next theological battle to kind of be uh, worked out is going to be um, in depth anthropology. What does it What does it mean to be human? What does it mean uh, to be made? You know, the mm-hmm. image of God, the imago dei, um, some of those issues. And so, uh, the human sexuality class is just very helpful in understanding yeah. you know a lot of these issues that um, that I'm dealing with more and more just in practical ministry. I mean, I think I'm um, more now than ever. I'm having more conversations with students about. Um, uh, their gender and their sexual identity, and just their identity and who and who they are, yeah. and um, and I think it, you know that normally is a big college level. Normally, a lot of college ministry I've had that, but now it's moving even earlier mm-hmm. into high school and even to middle school. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting you say that. I, I you know, the the sexual ethics and identity issue is not an issue that's coming; it's here, and so it's time for us to re-examine and be able to give biblical answers to those questions. Uh, our uh, children's minister here at the church, Carrie, she is going to, uh, actually next week, she's going to a conference at a, uh, put on by a church here in town that is um, dealing with gender identity issues with children. And, uh, you know, you can even look at the news out in California of, I think there are some Christian camps that have been shut down because they won't, you know, basically are not agreeing, conforming with the culture's ideas about gender identity and letting kids choose their own gender, mm. so to say. Um, so yeah, this is this is something that we are facing Absolutely. presently, 
And, uh, yeah, so I'll be interested to hear uh, even more kind of what you take out of the class and uh, kind of how you're – Yeah, I definitely think that we will have a – you know, in later podcasts, I think there's a lot of issues that I'd like to dive into. I think that this we need to talk about more, so um, yeah. for sure. But a later day, so yeah. that'll that'll be a, that'll keep people I mean, wanting to come back and, and yeah. listen. So <laughs> yeah, I think those will, that'll take like multiple episodes. That might yeah. have to be like a who knows how many part a part uh, podcast with yeah. discussing through all those issues because I think it'll be important for us to take our time to flesh those out. Absolutely, absolutely. Because it's difficult stuff, and it, it, it requires. I think that's the biggest part is that we don't. We, we're just so quick to criticize, or so quick to make statements without really listening and understanding the conversation. Because the conversation is mm. is moving ahead fast, and, and we're still, you know, centuries yeah. behind talking about things um, that we really should have been addressing earlier. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I agree. I think, like, you know, we often accuse the other side of not understanding us, which, you know, I think there's legitimate complaints there, but sometimes we're guilty of not even understanding what the other side is saying. And so we're not even addressing the right questions when we address them. Um, mm, yeah, and absolutely. so we can't, we don't address them properly because we don't even understand what questions they're asking. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, I think that's really important if we're going to engage this properly to understand what the other side is actually saying to us. That's it. And then how do we answer that biblically? No, exactly. Exactly. So, well, what about you, James? Uh, what are, uh, what you've been reading, what you've been listening to, uh, what's been going on in your world? Yeah. So ever since, um, so about a month ago, I was able to pass my comprehensive exams for PhD and, I think with that, you know, basically... I'm going to insert like a little clapping, uh, you know, sound bit in there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. So, yeah, yeah. That's a huge accomplishment um, for those who know. That's a huge, huge thing that James has done. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was a very stressful time, but glad it's over. So I heard you lost your you hair know, through that. Is that right? So. <laughs> that's right. I lost my hair and grew a beard. Yeah, it just, uh, it just it was, fell it down. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So, um, yeah, with, with that, like... I guess in my reading, I just I was going to take a couple week break because I had some things coming up, and a couple weeks has turned into like a month, month and a half. But you know, it's not the end of the world. But I really need to get back into doing some research again. But um, what I have been doing is listening to a lot of podcasts, found some new ones to listen to. Uh, but this past week, I listened to a podcast it was recommended to me by a friend. Um, it's a podcast called Cultish. And they examine different cult movements and stuff like that. And these guys are Christians, uh, um, actually work in a church, I think called Apologia uh, out in mm. Arizona. But, um, in Arizona, so very, awesome. Yeah, yeah, very apologetic space. But they did a three-part interview with a girl who was kicked out of Bethel's School of Supernatural Ministry. And she basically kind of shared her story of... What happened while she was there, kind of during her time there, and how she, during her time there, kind of realized a lot of what they were teaching was did not line up with Scripture and did not line up with the Gospel, and how she then, you know, was taking a stand, basically, while she was even there on the campus, trying to say, hey, no, 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 this is this is what the Gospel actually says. And, um, yeah, she just talked about a lot of the practices and that were going on there and some good theological discussion in that. But if anyone wants to go listen to that, um, again, the podcast is called cultish. 
I would encourage people to listen to it. It is pretty insightful. Um, Bethel is an interesting place, I guess mm-hmm. I, I would say. Um, I would not, you know, we, we call it charismatic, but I think that's actually a disservice to the charismatics. Um, I have charismatic <laughs> friends that do not think what Bethel thinks. Mm. So, um, and, and are we talking, anyways. I mean, is this just somebody, I mean, you really were about to talk about this today, but is this, you know, someone listens to Bethel, or they're singing their songs in their churches and, um, or maybe it's, yeah. you know, on their playlist. I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm not much into the CCM world myself personally in all those areas, but I mean. Do you see that this some of this uh you know this word cultish stuff even into the music side too, or is this more clearly on the the foundational side or the the theology behind what they're doing? And um, you know, yeah. so, so are you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, how how far yeah, yeah, how yeah. far should we? Whenever we say something like that, how far should we? You know, I definitely yeah. advise people to go listen to the podcast and discern for themselves. I mean, they get it figured out. But. Yeah, yeah. So I will say this: um, one of the things they discuss on the podcast, and again. Don't take it from me. I, I would encourage you to listen to it. And again, come to your own views. I'm still kind of thinking through some of this stuff as well. But one of the things they talk about is is Bethel has an agenda. This idea that they want to um, – I'm going to put – this is a probably a very blunt paraphrase. Um, but, you know, they basically want to like, you know, take over the world. Like not – Probably they wouldn't say it that way, but one of their ways in doing it is taking over the culture and inf- and infiltrating the culture. And all that sounds very nefarious, but mm. um, one of the ways is through music. And so one of the ways they really wanted to extend their influence, that might be a better phrase, um, extend their influence is through the music side. So yeah. the music does serve the agenda of the Bethel Church. Um so that is something to think about. I'm actually kind of, I was talking to my girlfriend the other day about this. Um, and I told her, I was like, you know, I'm still kind of, I, I need to sit down and I'm still thinking through the issue of, you know, hearing what this church teaches. I'm thinking through the issue of, do I want to accept their music? Um, do I even want to sing it knowing kind of the theology behind it, I guess. And that's something I haven't decided yet. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I think there can be varying opinions on that. I don't know if there is a purely right or wrong answer there. Um, so that, to be honest, that's just kind of something that I've been like, you know what, I want to take some time to really think through that. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I actually would love to discuss it some other time on our podcast of do we accept songs that are from theologically shaky movements? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, that's a great, that's a I, I want to do more. Yeah. I want to do more thinking on that before we talk about it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's jump into to, today's cause it cause really in a sense, what we're talking about today is a prerequisite to that conversation. This is a yeah. conversation that we need to have before we can begin to think correctly about that. And um, it really is the importance of theology um, in our expression of worship um, in all different forms. And so, um, so yeah, so I think that to James, I think our question is uh you know, we just said we're going to talk about the role of the mind and experience in theological formation and worship. So I think there's a lot of terms we need to define first. Um, so I, I think we need to start with real quick, what is what is the mind and experience and then theological formation and worship? We think there's four key terms in there um, that yeah. I see. So how would you how would you define uh, the role of the mind? What do we mean by the role of the mind? 
Yeah, so with the role of the mind, this is really on the side of uh, maybe intellectualism. So the, the side of the ability for a person to think through something. So uh, maybe this is a little bit of contrast with experience. Like thinking through an issue does not necessarily equate to what I feel or like emotion or experience. This is sitting down and trying as best as I can to reason through, um, objectively look at a truth. And yeah, so just this is the role of just, I mean, in, in layman's terms, the simplest way of saying this is the role of just being able to think through things. Hmm. You know, I think God created us as thinking beings. Like he gave us the ability to think. He gave us the ability to reason. And and so we shouldn't be, I, I think we can be scared of that because we associate reason and thinking with um, views like rationalism or mm-hmm. views like humanism. This idea that what, so what I'm not saying is that this is why I say the role of mind and experience because I don't think yeah we should say that it's it's not just okay I what I, I'm not saying I'm advocating hey we just think through things and that's all we need mm. um, but it is a it's a central part to what makes us human it's a central part to how God created us and so. Uh, the danger in some of these movements is that there is a elimination of thinking, um, and it's basically all purely experience. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I was I was always taught, um, and I always get a little frustrated when, with teachers and people who say, you know, they use this analogy of a train, and you've got, you know, you are experience, and then fact, and then faith. You know, this idea like of you know, where do, where do you put these? And so experience always comes at the end. It's the caboose. You know what I mean? Um, and I mm. think I think that's just not a helpful way because the caboose isn't doing anything. And so I do think that um, God has designed us to experience him. You know, it's it's knowing him. We, we experience the world through experience. I mean, it's a big part. And so to separate it yeah. um, or to, to say it's not valid or to say that it's not um, a part of this life is really to be – you know, it's it, we're, yeah. we're turning into computers, but but there is there still is this idea of well, where does it fit, and and what what do we what do we let um, shape it, and, and how do we interpret our experiences, um, and all those kind yeah. of questions. Well, in some ways, like even if you go to the very extreme of rationalism and naturalism, which would say you know the only way we can know anything is through what we sense with mm-hmm. our you know sense perception. Well, sensing something is experience. Right, so yeah, yeah. like experience plays a role it's in huge. any sort of thinking, uh, and so we can't just yeah. So th- this is you know before we get into the dangers of maybe just purely relying on experience because I want to talk about that as well. But um, before we even get into that, it is necessary to say that what we're not saying is mm. that we have to completely throw experience out. That's right. We do that. This leads to because the mind itself is corrupt too, right? So yeah. yeah. Um, there are plenty of thinkers out there that are brilliant men that um, I would say think very wrongly on some issues. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I've done the same thing where I've thought wrongly on an issue and I've had to be corrected. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and we yeah, we so. easily fall into this, this false dichotomy of I have this I have this battle inside of my mind, and I have this battle inside of what I I see in the world, and, and we just and I think that leads us to a, a dualism that leads us to this sacred secular that leads us to this you know divide in our lives, and so now we're unable to actually incorporate the truths of Christianity um, into our lives holistically, and I think that's um, a danger here, and I think that's. You see it on both sides. You see on maybe the extremist, charismatic sides, you know, where it's purely this, and 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 they've they've erred on one side, and then um, there's definitely an intellectualism side, and and so um and you know you, you get these attacks. That's where you get anti-intellectualism, where you get these abuses towards charismatic movements, and 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 really harsh things said that don't need to be said. Mm. And so I, I think that really, whenever we're talking about the role of mind and experience, we have to realize they are distinct, um, but they're not separate. They they are mm. they're doing two different functions, but they they coexist together. And anything other than that is really to uh, deny the way that God has wired us and created us. Um, and it really does a lot of damage, in my opinion. So, uh, Dre, we kind of talked a little bit about defining the mind, and we've we've touched on defining what we mean by experience. But uh, could you flesh that out a little bit? So, when we say the role of experience, can you rush out what exactly are we talking about with experience? Yeah, I think that um, experience experience in my model it's it's really a way of perceiving the world, and I've I've got about seven things that I kind of am always looking at. I've got um, exegesis, which is really the field that I study. So I I, I spend a lot of time, and so do you, you know, reading scripture, trying to say what is what does this mean? I, there has to be some kind of a book. There has to be some kind of a guideline um, to know things by. Because you said our mind is corrupt. Because our our, our I think people are broken. I don't think anybody really denies that anymore, is that we, we're flawed. Sometimes we're wrong. Um, I don't think I'm always right. That's a very healthy thing to say. And so mm-hmm. where do we go for those things? So really, Scripture is a key part of it. Um, but there's this movement that has happened in, in my tradition that, um, well, it's just uh, I, I just need the Bible and a cup of coffee and Jesus, and that's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so and so that's a, that's a danger um, uh, because uh, one, that's a stupid statement. It, it's it's extremely <laughs> arrogant. It's to say that God yes. speaks just to me, and He hasn't spoken to all these other people in history. And so history is another big part of it. A theology. Um, I think that what you're saying is that God has given us you know a way to think about things, and and, and we do have um, common sense. So, for example, a lot of our a lot of in Scripture experience plays a huge role because I. I sometimes know what's what the Bible's not saying because it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Because my experience doesn't match, and, and and vice versa. And so there was a there's a group in history of people that you know they believed that um, that their interpretation of Scripture was that they would not die. Um, well, they're dead now, and so clearly their experience <laughs> that, that that can't be what those types of verses mean. You know what I mean? So there is a right. sense that my experience is, and, and then there is science. There is, um, I think. There, there is facts. There's things to understand. There is, um, you know, philosophy. So I, I have all of these things, kind of like an atom swirling around in my head, and they all are, they're all kind of together. And that's why I'm also, you know, very skeptical of people that you know do a systematic theology all by themselves. They have one book, and this is the. Yeah. Lo- I mean, theology has to be done in community. I've said that over and over again, yeah. um, and, and not just community with with people living, but people dead, and with the whole of what God has given us to use. And so, um, so I do, I do hold experiences valuable. Um, and, and I, I do have to check it with these other things. Um, part of what we call orthodoxy is what has the church, um, you know, said, you know, on, on a subject, you know, consistently and, um, you know, throughout history. And that's how we go back and we find, okay, am I in bounds with orthodoxy or things like that? Um, it's, it's an engagement with the totality of life. 
And that's yeah. that's the aim. And so uh, that's kind of my, my view of experience is it's one of these seven. And so I hold it. Um, and I I think that it, it's definitely valid. We can't invalidate it. Um, but we also need to hold it in bounds with these other things that God has given us. And that's being a responsible human. <laughs> you know, it's being a yeah. responsible person with what God has given each one of us. Yeah. Yeah. The danger of, you know, experience is a valuable thing. And uh, but the danger is sometimes is like you said, we, we give experience too much say in what we believe. So I think this can come from, there's this idea out there. And, and oftentimes I remember growing up, this was said, and it was often said in context of how you share the gospel with people. Right. But you know, maybe our listeners, Andre, I don't know if you've, you've probably heard this phrase before the idea of, well, no one can deny your experience. Right, and so a lot of times that's said to say, "Hey, no one can deny what Jesus Christ did in your life," and mm-hmm. you know, I, I, you know, in some sense that is true. Yeah, well, uh, you can't confirm I, it either. That's the other side of yeah, the coin. But you can't confirm <laughs> it, right? Yeah, like you know, someone also, yeah, someone can, <laughs> you know, you say that to an atheist, and they're like, "Well, I also can't confirm yeah, that." Right? Yeah, so, so I don't disagree with the statement, but I, this is yeah, a, it's it's a null point, you know, in a state. I mean, not, no, yeah. I, it's valid. People, I, you always want to validate experience, but but yeah, it's. You don't you don't base yeah. you don't base all of your theology just on something that could have been yeah. a bad taco that you had last night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and and you know that's the thing is we extend that statement to all of theology. So let's just say this: like let's say experience is the pure formative thing. Well, then we can't deny what Joseph Smith did when he created Mormonism, mm-hmm. right? So if we say that no one can deny experience, well, Joseph Smith experienced a vision with um, these angels and Jesus appearing to him and giving him these glasses and golden tablets and whatever, you know. Um, But how do we know that experience is false? Well, it's because there is a truth that we can compare it to, right? So, uh so it's, it's just very dangerous to yeah. rely wholly on experience. And, yeah. you know, I think we are often very skittish, I would say, even in the church of, you know, challenging anyone's experience. Like mm. we, we almost feel bad about it. Um, but the scripture does teach us to, to do this, right? So a couple different passages, Galatians one, Paul tells, uh, the church at Galatia, that if anyone brings to you another gospel, even if it's an angel comes from God and brings to you a different gospel, what does he say? He says, let that person, be, let him be accursed. Um, so, you know, even if you experience this vision, Paul's basically saying, even if you experience this vision of an angel, right, that, but they bring a different gospel, it ain't true. So let that person be accursed. And then in 1 John 4, you know, I was reading this this morning, where where John challenges the church to test the spirits, right? That uh, and if a spirit is false and a spirit doesn't line up with the truth of the gospel, then to ignore that spirit. So there, I think those are two very implicit, um, well, ex- sorry, explicit um, truths and teachings that tell us to, hey, you can mm. challenge experience, yeah. and so I don't think we need to be afraid to do that, and and that and that's where we bring the two together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you have thoughts it, on that. Yeah. I mean, it really, it kind of goes in. Here's, here's a question, a practical question that I get asked a lot, which is, um, 
you know, how, how do we know the Bible's true and, and, and why doesn't God talk to people today? Those are probably the two questions I get a lot from, from kind of critics and stuff. Um, and so the latter part mm-hmm. of that, why doesn't God talk to people today? And so here's, here's kind of my answer. I say, well, you know, if God was in the habit or ever was in the habit of talking to people, um, you know, you know, face to face kind of a way rather than through prophets or through the apostles or through uh, people like this, right, that we see in scripture, right, um, who mm-hmm. confirmed themselves, right? You had to confirm yourself um, as somebody who has that revelation. If not, you know, uh, Deuteronomy 18 is very clear that if you don't do this, you get killed. Um, so if you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so, so either through short term prophecies or through, you know, all these different things, if God did not choose to do this and he just chose just to, you know, whisper and give little you know, little revelations to everybody um, that he, you know, he appears to all these people. Think of the chaos that we would have every time somebody mm. wanted to claim anything at all. Um, they could bully and manipulate. And we, we do this in the church, right? We play the God card. God told me this. Well, you know, yeah. God told me to break up with you. I've had, I've had so many college students say, God has told me um, that we're not supposed to be together. And I'm like, what the, <laughs> I mean, it's just such a, what do you say to that? Um, you don't, you just go home yeah. and, and you cry. I mean, I guess, I don't know. That's really sad. Nah. But, but every time somebody would do this, they would, and they claim they heard it from God, you know, they'd either be lying or they could be deceiving themselves. It would just be utter chaos. And so I think it really does make sense the way God has chosen to actually um, come into our experience and to validate our experiences is is based on these other means to to prevent us because we are broken we are depraved there is this uh, sin nature right there's this part of me that is not good mm-hmm. you know there are those thoughts that come in that are not good and and um, and it's just improvable so so I, yeah it's a balance but that really is where I land on it um, subjective experiences like this are just unverifiable and um, it's just not the best basis to do our theology. Um, and shape yeah. and shape our being as people. Yeah, I would say one of the most you mentioned it. One of the most tragically misused phrases in the church is "God told me this," mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, sometimes I think people say it, and they're they are really, you know, I would say they are being very directed by the Spirit of God. I believe God's you know, spoke to me in clear ways. Now, oftentimes, the most often way that God speaks to me is through His Word. I'll say that, mm. and so. There, you know, I think where God speaks clearest to me is through the truth of Scripture, um, and, and so. But you know, often people, <laughs> like you said, I mean, it's a joke often that we'll say when Christians Day is, you know, often the trump card is, well, you know, I just believe that God doesn't want this to happen, and but we play it as a trump. We play it as really all we're saying is I don't actually want this to happen, yeah. and um, you know, we've got to be. Again, back to this testing the spirits, and and uh, this is why community is so valuable. Um, there might be times where people say, "Well, God told me this," and we can we can be bold if we see this doesn't really line up with Scripture, or this doesn't line up with the way God works. We can be bold enough to say, "Well, did He really?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and oftentimes, you know, the type of statements sometimes I would get is, "Well, you're just." You know, when I'm challenging something that someone says, uh, you know, mm-hmm. probably one of the more annoying statements is, well, you're just a seminary student. Oh, yeah. um, well, and what, you know, what this is, is challenging. Well, we don't really want to actually sit. And th- Oftentimes it's, well, we don't really want to sit and think through this. This is just something I experience, And I don't like the idea of someone challenging what mm-hmm. I feel. Um, and so, but just as the mind is corrupt, right? So we, we talk about that. The mind can be corrupt. So also are our feelings and our emotions. Our entire being mm-hmm. as people who have fallen is corrupt. And so we can feel things that are not true. Um, 
you know, and, and by the way, the statement God told me to do this, cults will use this. Yeah. Um, cult leaders will use this to deceive people. Uh, I, I was it's, listening yeah. to a story of this 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 from this podcast uh, that I was talking about the girl from Bethel, and she had before Bethel been caught in this other uh, cult, and you know she that cult leader told her, "Hey, God told me that we're supposed to be married." And the girl was seventeen at the time. God told me we're supposed to be married, move to Africa, and you're going to become a martyr. Well, no, God didn't tell him that. <laughs> this is this is clearly. Um, uh, deception, and so there has to be some way that we can test people, uh, and this is where mind and experience come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What I'm what I'm hearing you say too is is, um, and I think that's the point of this. How, the, the question of how do we how do we put these things together? Um, how do we how do we understand this? It's it's a spectrum. It's a continuum. You know, there is there's extremes on both ends. Um, there's one yeah. ex- there's one extreme that avoids it on there's the you know and the other extreme is you know um where we just live in the mind and it just becomes this this dull reality and um mm. and so you know i think just to be careful with this and here here let me kind of swing it back because you know it's it's really easy to kind of go down one trail and we we have to walk in this tension but the we, we can't forget though that that christian theology is meant to be lived uh, practical mm. experience is the goal of good theology. Practical experience is the goal of good theology. So faith, yeah. hope, love, living this out in real life, that's the goal. Transformation, change in our lives. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and J.I. Packer has a, is a great book, you know, Knowing God. We are meant to know God. You know, God, God does speak yeah. to me, right? Normally it's, it's about yeah. his son and, and normally it's through his word. You know what I mean? Like it's not – um, yeah. So it's not that we just say, no, I don't talk to God. You know, I don't pray. I don't have these things. Uh, it is meant to be lived out, but but there's uh, there's boundaries to this. There is, and it's a process, and, and it, the process is designed that we have to invite people into it. Um, that we cannot do this alone. We are not made that way. Um, and so, yeah. you know, and, and, and we have to, we have to, in saying that too, we have to be willing to invite people from all different sides of the conversation in. Um, you can't yeah. just invite the people who look like you. You know what I mean? Um, that's right. and that's I think this idea that you know in Revelation, all nations, all people together, we're meant to do this together. Um, and what happens is, um, I was always taught, you know, if you're a hammer, everything's a nail. Um, you know, mm. you have guys on one side, and, and everything's a theological problem, or everything's an experiential problem, or everything's a philosophical problem, or everything's a, just a textual problem or an intellectual problem or a scientific. You know, and if you have your fields that you study in, and everything that becomes the that becomes the the problem. If you're a hammer, everything's a nail. That's all it is. Um, and we have to start realizing, mm-hmm. no, there's other things out there, right? There's uh, <laughs> there's screws, there's bolts, there's all sorts of other tools out there, and and, and we all have to work together, um, and we bring something different, and we have to balance them out. We have to hold it in, and we have to walk in these tensions. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that maybe to tie a bow on this. That maybe a good way to say this is that theology should be both informative and transformative, mm. right? That it's not just a cognitive thing, and it is part. You know, information is part of it. Knowing about God is part of it, but that knowledge has to extend to, like you said, applying to our lives, transforming our lives, mm. affecting the way we live, affecting the way we view the world affecting how we treat other people. Mm. Um, so it is both informative and transformative. There you go. So, um, and, and the kind of, kind of just a good closing statement, unless you have anything else you want to add though, but the more that we know God, the more that we know ourselves, the more that we know about this world, uh, the better 
and more deeply and more meaningfully we'll be able to love him and we'll be able to experience yeah. him. And so it really, um, you know, my time in seminary is they used to call it, you know, you go to seminary and it's cemetery, right? It's where faith goes to die. Mm. Um, I've been, yeah. I've heard that. And there's, there's actually people that warn people to go to seminary because it's, you know, so intellectual and your faith is going to die and you're going to learn all these difficult things. And yeah, I do. But those things have forced me to understand faith. Um, they have forced, oh, yeah. they have forced me to understand, um, how, how weak I am and how little I know of things. You know, the true mark of knowledge is how much you don't know. Um, and that's, it's led, it's deep in my walk with Christ in a way that is so profound. So yeah. I, I would argue that my experience is, you know, I may not look like a charismatic on the outside, but I, I would say that my experience with God is sweeter um, or it's sweet for yeah. me. It, and it's, it's grown over the years through my, or because of my uh, pursuit and understanding God in a holistic manner. Yeah. Yeah. Dre, uh, you know, I think we will probably have to end the conversation now, but I'm thinking just now we might need to even continue this conversation in next week's episode, um, especially maybe getting to the point of, yeah, we started hitting on it, but maybe flesh this out just a little bit more next week of the role of mind and experience in just our, even our worship. Yeah. Um, now in our, so, in our musical expression of worship, is that what you mean by that? Well, no, no, no. Uh, we'll, we'll have to define we'll worship save that as for well, next week you know? then, won't we? yeah that's yeah, great. yeah so I we'll think save that next week but yeah. yeah i think we'll we need to continue this conversation um beyond just uh the the short 30 minutes so um but yeah let's put a bow on this uh i do want to say uh again uh if you've enjoyed the conversation and uh would like to hear more please go uh listen and subscribe review uh, the podcast. Uh, We are located on Apple Podcasts. We are located on Spotify, Google Play Music, so multiple ways to listen to us. Uh, Please go ahead and like our page on Facebook, Good Theological Thursday. Uh, Comment um, things that you like about the show, maybe things that you wish we would do differently or things you wish we would include. Uh, We really value your feedback. Um, You can also email us at goodtheologicalthursday at gmail.com. Uh, but Dre, I did want to give a shout out to a couple people who have yeah. reviewed reviewed the podcast. So uh, we're going to give a shout out to faithful that- followers that we have, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So we actually have five ratings, but two guys wrote reviews. So cool. Uh, we want to give a shout out to these guys. Um, read what they wrote. So first one is from uh, Chris. Uh, title of the review is "Highly Recommend You Listen." It says these guys are good friends that I had the privilege to be in on some of their theological conversations before this podcast. I'm excited to see what topics they discuss going forward on Thursdays. Um, So thank you, Chris. Chris is a friend of ours. Um, So Chris, thank you for listening and reviewing the podcast. Um, Also another one from B Dugan, 1984. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but that was kind of my best guess on how to pronounce that Uh, titled great podcast says theology is not just for pastors and church staff. Uh, this podcast will help you learn how to think about God. Looking forward to the future of this podcast. Uh, thank you for that review. And yeah, I Absolutely. think Dre and I would both express that that is really what we want to do. We want to make theology accessible and um, help people learn how to think and not what to think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate all of that. Everyone that's been listening to, uh, you know, 
I, I always wonder, you know, me and James have done this for a long time and we do this every day. And so, uh, uh, you know, it's just great to see the other people jumping in and wanting to listen to this stuff. So I really do appreciate all of y'all and hopefully it is helpful and keep sending in your questions so we can, we, we really want to, you know, we want to talk about what we're just talking about today. We want to make it practical. So if you have thoughts yeah. or comments on, um, how to bring this into your world, uh, you know, we, we'd love to answer those and love to, uh, kind of help you think through it too, as well. We want to invite people into this. Well, Dre, I don't think I have anything else. You want to close us out? That's it. Thanks, everyone, for listening with us, and have a good Theological Thursday. Bye. See ya. See ya.